don't quit. The only difference that separates the people who give up on their dreams is that they stop. You just, you know, that's what separates the successful person. He never stopped. Even when you're going through adversity, you just got to crawl back. That's what all the real dudes do. If you fall off, you got to find a way to crawl back. That's all it is. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your co-host, Venture O'Neill, and I'm sitting here with a good special guest that we got today. He's somebody who, you know, we don't really like know each other, but we know each other. So we're going to get into it today. Uh, Justin Boyd. All right, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, bro. Um, so I'm a photographer. I'm a seven-year freelancer in the game now. Uh, I specialize in brand and portrait work. Got into it naturally, just was always around it as a kid. So that interest, you know, naturally turned to curiosity. Yeah. Got into it. And I love it that we're going to just kind of start off talking about photography because I think so often, like we were talking about before we recorded, is Mm. photographers sometimes get the shit into the stick because if you're really fucking good at your job and great your work surpasses you as it should. Yeah. And as you get better at your craft, people just think that it's like, oh no, you just clicked a button. You mm. know what I mean? Or, right. oh, you just took the picture when you, they don't know like the angles that's going in, the lighting, the editing, all the work, post-production, pre-production, the setups, the equipments. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like talk about maybe, well, like your most recent shoot, some of the, the stress fa- factors and sort of the like resilience that you had to go through and like what you learned from it okay so my most recent shoot was over at shoreline village uh just this past friday um the, i guess the biggest obstacle was the sunlight at the time it was a little harsh so you're always having to maneuver and find the right angle get the lighting correct um and then to touch on what you were saying it's uh i have a lot of people in my dms always asking like oh what's your setup like because they want to have the uh the outcome like i have and i tell them what i have because i'm not a gatekeeper but at the same time, I also tell them, like, just because you buy this gear doesn't mean it's going to turn out this way. Hell yeah, man. Just because right. you buy the Jordans don't mean you You're can hoop, play bro. like Jordan. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that. And it's, it's a tool, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. using tools just as if... Same thing with the podcast. People mm-hmm. hit me up, oh, what, what kind of mics are you using? What are you doing here? And it's like, at the end of the day, you still got to put out content. You still right. got to put the work in. You got to find what works for you. You got to mm-hmm. go through those baby steps, trial and error, like we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, tell us a little bit before, let's kind of segue out of photography and just tell us where you're from, man. Where were you born? I was born here in Long Beach, California, but kind of moved around. Now we're residing in like the Lakewood, Long Beach border. Did most of my schooling there. Most of my friends are from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, My family's from the Philippines and then my dad's from New York, so... I have a little bit of best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got back from the Philippines, too. Yeah. Is that, we were trying to have you on earlier, but know. you know what I mean? You just had Sorry. to adjust back back to us common folk out here <laughs> traveling the world. The and time zone change. Going well. back to the homeland, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it, though. Philippines, that's something where I, I keep telling Hannah, I'm like, dude, it looks so beautiful out there. Yeah, and it's like, sick, bro. And I fuck with even just the special with Joe Coy coming out and just like oh, yeah, him really putting people on. I don't know if there's another like maybe there's a few athletes, right? Like, you know, Pacquiao and, um, you know, a few other guys that have like really been, you know, like the leaders of the Philippines. Mm. And then Joe Coy is for sure one of them, though, in the past oh, five yeah, He's a rising years. star now. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just listening. Like I've gotten so much culture off of him just being like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? He gives you a lot of like the actual day to day things like how his mom is 
kind of like my mom, you know? Mm -hmm. We live the same life. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then he still even has the best way of relating it to people who aren't even Filipino, of just like, oh, yeah, my mom's also like your mom, too. Right. So it's like we're all the same, and we're all yes. one. We're He's all related. He's that barrier that people love to put up. Mm -hmm. And we all have, like, more in common than we do you in different. Think, right. Mm -hmm. Let's try this. Turn your mic down just a little bit. Okay. Oh, yeah, Better. that's good right there. Yep. there go. So, yeah, people, we're just kind of working new setups here and trying to figure out what works. So bear with us. Kino's in the back there. He might flip out. So, <laughs> you know, if it happens, Shut it happens. Kino. Yeah, we just keep it regular. But, yeah, man, tell me about, um, like, how was the weather out there? Oh, it's island weather. So it's like Where'd tropical you stay humidity. So I was in Mindanao. That's one of the main islands. There's three main islands there. There's Mindanao, Visayas, and... Thing is, Lon London. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's mm -hmm. like L-U-N-D-O-N. I don't. They uh, pronounce their vowels differently. Yeah. So, we were staying in Mindanao. My mom's from the city, Cagayan de Oro City, and that's like still. Uh, it's very poor there. Manila is the capital of the Philippines. So over there, it's kind of like a L.A., New York, Hong Kong vibes. Skyscrapers are huge. Everything is packed together. But where we were is kind of like a Philippines, Mexico, you know? Okay. Yeah. It was a little shady down there? Or what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't have my phone now. I have my chains tucked in. Yeah. You're not, you got to be uh, aware of your surroundings for sure. You got to be on your P's and Q's out exactly. there. Exactly. Huh? Because even though I'm, I'm mixed and I, they could tell I'm Filipino, they could also tell I'm not from there just by how I dress, how I walk. It's different. Mm -hmm. I speak some Basaya, but not like as fluent as them. Mm -hmm. and that's one of the dialects, the main dialect of Mindanao. So the language out there. There's Say it Tagalog. again. What is it? Basaya. B-I-S-A-Y-A. Okay. And Basaya is the sub like language? Dialect. The, yeah, the dialect. In Mindanao. Right. Okay. But the overall language is Tagalog. Got you. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and you were from the city that your mom was from. How yeah. did she migrate? That's We love the immigration story out here. Oh, yeah. Hannah's Hers from Sweden. Is crazy. Just like, what, what did she kind of, when did she come out here? Um, I think she came to Long Beach like around in her 30s. But she went from Kagan de Oro to Saudi. What year? When she was 18, she left the Philippines to Saudi Arabia. And oh. she, she lived out there for a good another decade and worked for like a prince, did a bunch of stuff. She was a nurse for the chicken fights, like the person on scene just in case someone gets cut up by their chicken. Oh, She's wow. fixing them up. Yeah, all That's under crazy. the books, of course. But yeah. Yeah, so she had a crazy life. And going back and forth, this was my fourth trip there, like, it always humbles me, like, you know, my mom's a very sweet but mighty lady. She little, but, you know, I get to see what she went through, how she lived, and it's always kind of like, uh, I can't touch her. You know what I mean? Like, what I've gone through is nowhere close to her. Mm -hmm. She did all the hard work for me. And yeah. a lot of other Filipino families can relate to this, you know what I mean? I like that too. Immigrants in general. And you sort of think about certain like generational traumas, yeah. you know what I mean, that your people have gone through. And something that I've been really like diving deep into is just thinking about like yeah there's people before me that had larger struggles but they put me in the position they went through that so that i'm in the position that i'm in now exactly. so therefore it is my role to continue to move that needle mm -hmm. just a little bit forward it's a little bit day. of that pressure on your head always daily yeah 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 and i was talking to hannah about this too is Hey, have you checked out the, I think it's called the Jasmine Blues, that Tyler Perry movie on Netflix? It came out like, I think last month. It's called the Jasmine Blues. It's about like um, a jazz singer back in the 1930s, 40s, like World War II era, um, you know, super racist. And he was just trying to make it. And he ended up like falling in love with this 
um, mixed girl who was passing as white. So ended up wearing, marrying like the governor. And anyways, it was just like a love story. Tyler Perry fucking killed it with this dude. But it just made me think about like kind of the way that like my grandpa grew up or the way that like my grandpa's father grew up. And there was so much sort of like pressure. And I had anxiety through this movie just thinking about like black culture, the stories from the, you know, 50s, 60s, 40s, way back when. And like, it's a lot of pressure. But it's like Hannah was kind of talking to me about it. She's like, yeah, you shouldn't really think about it like that because I'm thinking about it as in I'm holding all this weight of them. And then I'm also holding all the weight of us. And then I'm trying to push forward the future as well. So I'm thinking about all three of these things. And that's just a really lot of like, you know, fuck shit going on for a young man to be holding on to. And it's like, just really weird. It's it's a big problem or issue. It's a complex thing that I'm trying to like navigate through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going to find the answer, but I'm at least going to try to do my best. Yeah. Hold on. I think your mic is off. Pause. Carry the torch. Yeah. And sort of like developing yourself as a new leader of this generation trying to be the best that you can be and reach your fullest potential man and it's definitely important though to see where your people came from you got to know your history you got to know your past Mm -hmm. in order to really sort of put yourself and embody like what your people went through and what your people endured and your strengths based off of enduring that you know what i mean so it's like what are some of the things going back to the philippines where you're just like damn you know, like what was the most eye opening, some of the most eye opening things that you were like, ooh, we, you know, um, I'll speak on, I guess. Uh, so the Philippines used to be uh, they were conquered by Spain. So from like 1500, I don't know the exact date, but 1500 to 1800s, we were under Spanish rule. So we were slaves to them. Like the Spanish had uh, got rid of slavery in their own in Spain but was still kind of letting it happen in the Philippines, of course. Mm-hmm. So the tattoo, actually, the stars stand for the three main islands that I brought up. And yeah. It's, and it's you pretty got, much the uh, getting our independence from Spain. You got a half sleeve, too, that's what? How old is it? Two, three weeks old? Like, <laughs> it's like barely two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, barely two cool. weeks. It looks cool. I like days. that. So from the top, those stars are what? Those are the three islands that we were speaking of. Okay, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. And then is that the sun right there? Yeah. So on the Filipino flag, there's the three stars in the sun representing the Philippines getting its independence from Spain and all the provinces and the three main islands made like a pact of, all right, we're going to, we're going to, you know, have our own thing. I now. like that. Yeah. And they kind of just some, I forget the guy's names, but he pretty much said like, nah, we're, we're for the Philippines. You guys are Spain and we're going to keep it that way. But mm-hmm. after like 300 years of it, you know? Yeah. And even then now it's like, you'll see the reason why i brought it up is you'll see the structure is still there like you have like maids and helpers caregivers it's kind of a weird dynamic but they're voluntarily doing it and they're paid it's filipino so it's not the same it's not like they were forced to do manual labor you know like Mm -hmm. now they're actually able to feed their families off of it it's very common yeah yeah and then going down more what do we got underneath the sun so this is a like a mandela pattern it's these are just common patterns for the island in mindanao okay yeah i had a the tattoo artist had like a couple uh patterns and text uh textiles that i could choose from and this is just what caught my eye i like that how long did it take Six and a half hours. Six straight. and a half hours, dude. How's that placement on the shoulder? Because I know they tell me when you got beef, it's not that. It's not that bad. How was it? 
whoever said that is a liar. Oh, uh, <laughs> you were crying or what? Nah, nah, I didn't cry because I have my cousins and my uncle there, and they're saying, like, if I cry, they going to get me. <laughs> but I have a cousin who actually did cry when he did his full sleeve on the elbow. But I was told the same thing, too. Like, the more muscle you have, the less... But I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. It hurt. I got my Especially towards the collar. Mm-hmm. I got my ribs done. And over every single rib that went down, it was just... Yeah, I heard that's the most, yeah. most sensitive place. So that's what tatted. I'm saying. And that's yeah. why I haven't gotten another one in like two, three years. Yeah, it's probably, just, you're like, I'm good for a minute. I right. am. But, I, you know, I'm starting to think about it. I'm thinking about getting my leg done. You know, mm. there's a lot of beef on that quad. So, like, I'm going to try to attack that. And I think I'm thinking about getting like a like a really nice sort of like bear on my thigh with like a few other animals kind of working its way down with one of those like, uh, you know, the edges of the like playing cards, like the Jack, Jack of spades or whatever. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? How it has like those little like, kind of queen royal thing. I want like that background on it. Oh, like the the actual clover, the stuff on the, kind of not like the clover but just the you know the stuff that like curves it's it, it, it's like oh, the, the designs the on the edge for that the background right. yeah okay. kind of stuff like I that i see what you're saying that'd mm-hmm. be sick yeah so something like that but i just like i said dude is i know once i get around every time it hits those bones it just yeah that's the thing this arm i broke as a kid during baseball mid-game pitching so mm-hmm. my right arm is actually like the bone is off so when he got past this part the middle part, uh, the whole rest of the tattoo session, I'm just feeling him dig in my bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's crazy. Who is the tattoo artist? Um, his name is Adonis. Shout out to Adonis. I'll send this to him. It's a family friend. Yeah. Yeah, he does He does a lot of my cousin's artwork, too. Yeah, I want to check. You got to send me his Instagram. I want to check him out, For man. sure, I yeah. Love- He's a local artist right there in CDO. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I got to check out. Like, I think that's what I'm going to work on maybe next month is trying to get on, like, a good just tattoo artist because that's a craft that like it's artwork yeah i love art i really do i love Bro, i only spent 150 on this u.s <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing about Bro, the why'd you short him money. like that come no, on no. now so i paid him nine thousand pesos okay and that's a lot okay to them. like even my cousin was kind of going back and forth with him like hey i know my cousin's american but this is still family why he's taking it like i'm getting charged too much oh, so they had a okay. little discussion and i kind of just let them have their thing and i told the guy like i appreciate you i'm gonna pay full price like mm-hmm. regardless what my cousin is saying because yeah. back home you could charge really at another zero essentially oh you know yeah what i mean right yeah half sleeve dude that's that's a that's good... hours of work mm-hmm. you know and he's there like not really eating at the same time so i buy him food i'm making sure he's taken care of yeah yeah that's crazy fucking 150 dollars, man for a half sleeve that translate it's like i paid a little like over like 159 so that's nine thousand pesos the conversion rate in the philippines is uh it's always fluctuating daily, but when we were there, it was 59.45 pesos per one U.S. dollar. So crazy. Yeah. So just how much? Dang. So how much was like a plate of food then? Oh, like, it's crazy. So like a... Uh, like a quarter? What? It's like a... Like, like a let's dollar? say me and you go eat right now. I can, we could get a, like a good amount of food for like 11 bucks and some beer and drinks, oh, okay. like, but we're eating a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's the best way I could break it down. That's what's up. Beer is like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. I liked that. Yeah. I liked it too. I liked how cheap it was kind of when we went down to Costa Rica too with Hannah. Right. And it was like a good sit down restaurant. It was yeah. like 20 bucks. Like Shout out to Costa bucks. Rica. That's another place that we're conquered by Spain. That's why <laughs> Filipino, especially living in Long Beach, I'm always getting people coming up to me. Even uh, Filipinos will be like, are you Mexican, Filipino? Like they, they're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is a lot of them don't know is we're conquered by the same people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why the foods are so similar, huh? A lot of the words are similar. 
and just like the mentality right. within itself is like like they even say like como estas like a lot of the language over there like if you speak pretty good spanish you could get by in the philippines for the most part oh that's cool. like the funny thing on joe koi uh uh was it stand-up special you probably heard was the puto joke the cuss words right right so we turned all the uh curse words in spanish into our desserts <laughs> that's how the filipinos are they're ironic they're pretty much like once we got our independence like oh we gonna we gonna swag it out a little bit mm -hmm. we gotta change some things to make it our own you know yeah yeah tell me about your pops uh my dad's from upstate new york he's like uh Rochester, Schenectady area. Your parents were together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. What does he do? He's a claims adjuster right now, but earlier in his life, he worked for the CDC, like uh, going up to prostitutes and seeing who has STDs. What? And his job, like, and he's doing this in like Brooklyn. So okay. he had to do his job in the actual city. He has to go find who's giving out, you know, STDs that are dangerous and go find who they had sex with. He's going to the prisons going to the clients on the street and just pops, trying to keep people He's like clean. a butthole detective or what? <laughs> yeah, he, he had a crazy story he told me once where he was talking to this one prostitute in the uh, women's jail there. And she was like flirting with him and told him like, you know, I could uh, put the condom on you without even touching you. Like with my hands. What? Yeah, and he, he, he loves to brag about that. That's crazy. He thinks he's so cool and she liked him. But, you know, that's just one thing that he dealt with there. Man. Yeah, that's a hard job. I'm good on that one. I'm going to stay yeah, away from that's that. That's probably why he uh, transitioned to insurance early. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about photography, though, man. Like, how did you even get into that? Um, how did you get into taking pictures? So, I always, like, as a kid, I, I was always around, like, a Fuji film. You know, the ones you have to, like, uh, wind up and then take it. So, like, on vacations, just as a kid, I would always have cameras to the VHS, to the handheld, just always around me. But... I think my freshman year in high school is when I got into it. I had a friend named Alec Mann. Shout out to you. Uh, sadly, he's not uh, doing photography anymore. But one day, I just saw he was going to go take photos after school in downtown Long Beach. And I just asked if I could tag along. And we hit the FNM, the Merchant Bank. I don't know if you've seen it in downtown that has the FNM on the top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got to the rooftop and just <coughs> chilled up there. The whole sunset took some photos. And it was the best like feeling in my life. I just felt euphoric like peace from it for the first time you know yeah and i was like yeah this is what i want to do and i got something cool for you too since you're like a big camera guy i um last time me and hannah were in montana we got a relative whose dad mm -hmm. uh so we're talking an old guy like he you know he's dead now but so mm -hmm. she was like in her 60s 70s so her mm. dad had a camera right here from um the 50s so oh, it was just sitting shit. there collecting dust. So I was like, hey, like, auntie, can I uh, maybe, like, take this and see if I can get it to work? And like, right. so she was like, yeah, I'm not using it. So check yeah. this out. Let's see. Let's see. It's like oh, an old Kodak yeah, yeah. Retina. Like, dude, it's crazy. Because, you know, everybody, that shit's coming back, bro. Like, everybody wants to do the whole, like, Polaroid and, you know, make it all, like, it's vintage the new, and like, trendy. hipster thing now. Yeah. Like, that's but, why all the film is so expensive. When I was buying film, I could get it for less than 10 bucks. Now... That's unheard of. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is I got to take that to like a shop or maybe even if you know how to use that or even like figure out how to see if it's even like if you want to take that for a week or two or whatever and just figure out like how to fucking bring it back to life. Right. It's a, if you look on the bottom there 
and unscrew that thing on like the left or whatever, the whole camera comes out of the case. Oh, and it's like a this what part it, right here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just pull it out. You're not gonna break it. Like I've already fucked with it. <laughs> like yeah, that I just thing. That's be sure because like, I know I'm like this. Is like a family heirloom, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So it's one of those things now, where it's like sick, the dude's name is on it, like and everything. And he, I, he was from Canada too. That's why it's got like the Canadian oh. um, little lace on it. And you just literally just pull it open. I think you're good. Yeah, just pull it off. Pull the whole camera out the top, and then it will come out. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So whatever it is, what read it? Like what is it? It's like a retina or I won't yeah. On the top. On the top. It's like a Retina three C. Yeah, Kodak Retina. And then when you open up the back, which I forgot how to do. Let's see. um, There's a service year on it that said like nineteen sixty three, like August of sixty three or something like that. So like I don't know how it is just you know what I mean. Yeah, these are one of those it's an older camera, so even me I'm struggling with it. Yeah. You gotta play with it and you'll figure it out, watch a YouTube video, YouTube university. There you go. And the hot shit, bro. I learned everything on YouTube. I don't even be doing nothing. But I don't know, you know, if they last forever or what the hell I got. If I got to charge that bitch, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, most likely it's a battery. I could, like, try to ask uh, one of my friends who's more analog into the yeah. game. But this would be dope if you could restore it. Like, if there is something wrong with it, you could always pay someone to go in there and fix the sensor or whatever yeah. it is. Because I would love to take, like, pictures when we travel. Right, on, on this. Yeah, on that, that you would know. Be sick. And then just have it. And, like, so how does that even work, bro? So I take so, those pictures and I get them, obviously, developed through film. Like, uh-huh. walk me through that process. You know right. a little bit about that? So there's, a, like, a modern way and then there's the old school way. My dad did a little bit of it. Uh, there's like the dark room, you know, the red room where they have all the lights off. You see yeah. an old cinematic like movie. Like CSI That's and like, stuff yeah, like traditional, that. exactly. Now these days they have like a digital scanner where they just run it through like a machine and it's like scanning it onto the computer. It's doing all of that digitally. Okay. Right. And then so I get those pictures. Those, so they can put it on a USB or send it to you via WeTransfer, Dropbox, etc. Oh, okay. So I thought yeah. I had to like give them the film and no, then they I'll, give me photos I'll back. hook you up. I'll give you the place, the uh, lady I go to. Are they local? Um, Like Cerritos area. That's local. But you'll, yeah. you'll save money because in the city, everyone here is a photographer now these days. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of businesses that are charging around like... 20 to 30 dollars just to develop and then you're paying on top of the film you already got oh really i could get you that half okay yeah yeah that'll work but i want to check that out even if you just like if you want to take that and check it out or if you want to send me somebody where i could take that to yeah, him just because yeah. i don't even know where to start it's just i right. got an old ass camera that nah, shit's dope i'm I'll, trying to figure I'll it give, out i'll send someone your way uh pass your information on to them okay cool I'll even take a photo later so i can show them and yeah. they have an idea yeah, that's all good. So that's what's up. But you said you were taking pictures and you kind of got the bug on that sunset, huh? Yeah. And the cool thing that I like, and tell me how you think about it, because it's your art, is mm-hmm. not only are you documenting sort of the world and everything through your lens, right? you're also an artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just like a musician can mm-hmm. tell their story and still have the, the vocals to, you know, like... Essentially, portray. I'm doing that visually. Hmm. Like, I'm kind of going through, like, day to day. Like, if I see something, uh, the idea of photography is trying to communicate, like, a song, uh, for uh, uh, less words, um, through the photo. Like, you're trying to convey what you felt in that moment, what you saw, and trying, you're hoping that the uh, viewer could get what you're thinking. So you're that. like a visual... Storyteller. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what I, I talk about that a lot. So for photographers, it's almost like you're seeing the world through their eyes. That's mm-hmm. why it's so cool because certain photographers will have like angles and just photos where you're like, I wouldn't have never thought to even look at it that way. And it makes the it changes how you see things in the world. 
Yeah. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I wonder if you have that eye too, you definitely have to look at everything else under a different like focus, under a different yeah, like, oh, this is a good like you know what's what's actually pretty and what's actually like right. you know, like oh this is this isn't a good angle. You know yeah, what I mean? This is sure. that's so cool, man. Do you mm -hmm. so do you see everything in moments? Do you see everything in sort of like or do you do video too? You're, I do video too, but uh primarily photos. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll have like video work here and there for like a brand if they wanna videos with the lookbook like so i'll have either uh an assistant helping me record or i'll do it myself just on a tripod and move it around take it off the tripod put it on the gimbal in between looks okay things like that i like that and something that growing up i used to hate it when my mom took photos because she used to be like a photo nazi bro she yeah, would just my mom but now that like we're at the age now in our early 20s to where how old are you you 22 23 i'm 23 bro 23 okay i turned 23 next april so now looking back at photos from like 2012 2010 when you were you know like a little kid it's like oh that is nice like i'm happy that we have those right. and i think part of it too was just she like her parents did a terrible job taking photos of her mm -hmm. so she doesn't have anything from her like childhood so she definitely wanted to change that for us right and now it's like we have too many fucking photos we have so yeah. many we don't even have enough wall space for like all the <laughs> the vacations and the memories and stuff so. yeah but then later on when you have kids you could show them like hey look what and they're going to be they're going to love it you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's kind of how my interest started like the same way like that and i feel like it just gets passed on and passed on yeah, yeah. that's so cool bro who are some of your favorite photographers who are you inspired by uh my, one of my main uh photographers that i looked up to in school was any uh levowitz hope i'm pronouncing her name right she's an absolute legend she worked for um what was the magazine uh I'm blanking. It's all good. If you remember it, let us know, man. She worked... For, it wasn't... Um, like, she did a lot of Rolling Stone uh, covers, but it's a different uh, company name that is super popular even to the day. I can't believe I'm blanking it. Uh, Look it up. Yeah, give me one second. That's all good, though. But, like, what do you like that she shot? The other photographer, while I'm looking it up, is Chai Modu. He... Rest in peace. He had passed uh, maybe a year or two ago. He's the one who did a lot of, like of the music industry old school you'll see on a film camera like the vintage snoop dogg photos to oh the that's cool compton nwa photos it was just super cool seeing like a fisheye land you know what i mean when it's mm -hmm. super like uh vintage and like distorted. rustic kind of look yeah like you get that raw grimy feeling but i loved it is that how you like to shoot your photos is like raw and grimy that's how i started for sure because that's what my environment was like early on as a kid i'm taking photos uh more or less of the street life and just things that's easily uh, accessible to me that a lot of people, wherever they're living, are like, whoa, what is that? But I like that because that's what sparked, you know, interest. Even if they had a negative thing to say, I didn't mind it. What was important to me is I got you to say something. You had a reaction. Yeah. So regardless, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so dope, bro. Oh, it was Vanity Fair. That's who she worked okay. for. Yeah, and that's a super popular... Uh, company they're always doing a lot of huge like artist covers uh i actually had a college teacher in santa monica who was annie livowitz's uh lighting gaffer like he did all the lighting setups and he got that shot through just working at the studio and one day the person that she normally has didn't come through and he shot his shot he was like i know how to do it uh, give me a chance and yeah. she risked it on him and now 
Look at him. He's successful. He does a lot of uh, films for Netflix. He's best friends with those uh, the owners of it. They that's actually so went cool. to college together too. But it was just cool to see like a professor that's actually in that realm. Because mm-hmm. I had gone through a couple of film professors, and he was the only one that was actually doing what I would want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's good too. And you know, I talk a lot of shit about college on this show and stuff like that. But when you do find a good mentor or somebody to look up to, right? It, there's nothing more valuable than that. And just the lesson that he was able to teach you of sometimes, bro, the best ability is availability. Right. I say that all the time, and that's how you got to be flexible. You got to be able to basically, when that puzzle piece is taken out and you're missing a puzzle piece, fucking get in. Get in the game. You know right. what I mean? And you learn that through being hands-on, not in the classroom. That's why I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I tried the school thing, and it's not for everyone. Not to knock it. Of course, go to school. If that's how you learn you need it kind of set up for you, then that's your uh, pathway. But for someone like me and you, most likely we need to be hands-on, learn the experience when you're actually doing it. That's yeah. the best way you learn. Like Even like a surgeon, right? You're practicing on a test dummy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure once you get hands-on to the real surgery, you're kind of like, this is a lot different, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why, like, <laughs> I don't know about you, bro, but if I, whenever I'm in there and I need a doctor with some salt and pepper, you know, I yeah. need, like, an older lady or an yeah. older dude that's been like, oh, it's just a broken leg. You'll be all right. right, right I don't right. need the They're able to fresh joke out. with you in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to be good. The fresh out, I'm going to be a little nervous. Like, uh-huh. this is your first one, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um what else did I want to talk about? Oh, how is photography sort of evolving and changing right now? How is it pivoting? Because if you think about like the digitization of everything, bro, mm-hmm. dude, I just got the new iPhone um, 14 Max like last week, dude. And like, check out the fucking lenses. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard about it and like is, seen and, it. And I don't know nothing about cameras, but it's just like already the photos that I'm taking are next level from like the shits Previous. that I had. Yeah, from the last You're iPhone You're getting a I lot had. more frames per second. This is essentially like you could shoot a film on this oh, if you okay. wanted to. Like okay. actually do photos. Like you could compete with me, do your own <laughs> career. Yeah, no. So it makes me nervous. That's my take on it because starting with like the Google Pixel phone, I don't know if you heard about that one. Uh, I've seen the commercials. Yeah. So it's like that was like the first wave of this newer like camera on a phone. Like you could do your aperture, your ISO. Like it's a essentially a camera, but in mm-hmm. a phone. Yeah. And it's it used to scare me seeing that because this is my livelihood. Yeah. But then when it comes down to it, like let's say you're you're going to have your wedding, right? Do yeah. you want someone there with an actual camera or are you going to pay that same price to someone with their phone? It's more of just like, you know, you want to see the actual here's here's another way i'm looking at it bros and i'm definitely so passionate about human behavior and that's something that i've really studied just indirectly and directly over the past you know five years of my life is just Mm -hmm. really wondering why people are doing what they're doing and where are the successful people going in their fields and bro it's some people they get scared right it's like uh my boss over at the jet ski spot you know i'm working at the jet ski spot right yeah He's such a great dude. I'm going to have him on the podcast sometime in the future, hopefully. Sick. But he will sit here and talk about competition, right? This is his idea, like ideology on it is though he has people ask him like, oh, well, why don't I start my own jet ski company, right? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't someone else do this, right? And because we're kind of the only company on this side of the country. I think maybe someone's doing a small thing in Florida. Nobody else is starting a jet ski company. He goes, oh, no, no, start one. It's It's not the fact that like you're the only one doing it it's execution of it you know what i mean it's like everybody has ideas that's what he says is like bro anyone can have a fucking idea anyone, oh i'm gonna take a photo but how do you execute on it 
how hard do you work? What, what type of time are you willing to put into your craft to execute at a very high elite level? And that's where like you, that's where I'm like asking is as everybody has a fucking, why would I have hire a photographer? I have an iPhone in my pocket. Right. I can get it done. Right. But have you put in the fucking 10,000 hours that it takes exactly. to really execute at a high level? It's not just the push of a button. It's Facts. not just the, have you put in the thousand hours that it takes to podcast at a very high level and get mm -hmm. the people what they need and right. create as much value as you can mm. Anyone, a lot of people see the results and they don't see the hours you put in there you and go they think that okay I, there's one day after the first day of practicing and then they don't get it to sound this good they're like what am i doing wrong they get frustrated and usually most of the people will quit and they'll weed it out and i welcome competition also because you know sharpen sharpens iron iron mm -hmm. sharpens iron so it's it's all good i feel like good um what do you uh, friendly competitions you know yeah. what i mean like i'm not in competition with my colleagues that are also very good in photography but i take it as like if i see a shoot he killed i'm applauding him and it's putting more fire onto it's me. raising like, the bar right yeah. right and you need that to a certain degree yeah. not like where you're super narcissistic where you're always on it like that but you need a, a good amount of that to always excel in what you're doing or you'll just be stagnant. You yeah, know? bro. And something that like I'm always I'm always out on the water. So I'm all my all my analogies, bro, are all water related just because <laughs> I'm always out there. And it's like a rising tide raises uh, all ships. You right. know what I mean? So it's like and then another one that I just read on my phone, too, was like, hey, the the philosophy of just being so divided and being so competitive and just like mm -hmm. angry at your fellow craftsman right. is like hey by blowing out his candle that doesn't brighten yours at yeah all. exactly so it's like back to the whole tying it into just how do you execute how, how available are you and how hard are you willing to work and how much do you love what you mm -hmm. do you love taking photos you love creating and documenting things through your eyes that's dude you have a gift of just having a passion for something right Talk about that, man, is like how many of our peers and how many people do you see that just don't really have a passion? And it, it kind of scares me and I feel bad yeah. for them as far as like, you know, you'll, you'll come up in just simple conversation. You'll be like, mm -hmm. hey, yeah, so what are you into? Right. I don't know. Tell you about what they do for work. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, that's that's cool. I'm, thanks for telling me. But I'm talking about like your passion. What yeah. What makes you you? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? What would you do right now if you had nothing else to do? You right. Know what no I mean? bills, nothing to worry about. It's kumbaya. Yeah. You know what I mean? All hypothetical. But what is it that makes you yeah. you? You know, that's your whole, like, sole purpose. I feel like everyone needs to find what make builds that fire that they're waking up in the morning, sleeping, going to sleep, thinking about what is it that drives you? Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be something other than just this nine to five that you do and i'm not knocking that like of course everyone needs to have a job or some type of income that's fine i'm saying you need to have something more personal on a personal level other than just okay i need to pay the bills yeah you something fall that can in turn love with into something. that right i love it man yeah um how have you improved as a young photographer into sort of uh how do you mature do you see what i'm saying yeah. how do you develop your craft how do you get better what is it? Is it uh, the amount of shots that you take? Is it mm. the amount of sort of like research that you do? Is it, 
You know what I mean? I tell you right now, I don't take a bad photo as far as uh, in front of the lens. Yeah. Hey, when you got it, you got it. You know, I got yeah. that it factor, bro. You ain't got to work very hard with venture. I just want you to know Star that. Power, all right. right. Yeah. yeah. You're going to shine. So what do you do when people who maybe don't have that it factor, yeah. you know what I mean? How you make an ugly person look good, man? <laughs> that, that sounds like a hard job. I don't think I could do that. Well, that's why people come uh, book with me. Because, you know, it's like <laughs> I can make anyone look like a superstar. That's what makes me so... Uh, uh, likable i love that's it. why people book with me my clients they love me because they'll have previous photographers where they do a lot of shoots and they're like oh, it's not hitting you know like that's not what they thought in the moment it was going to look like every time i'm looking through the photos with the client it exceeds expectations they can't even believe this is them most yeah. of the time so i guess it goes to what you were saying like executing ideas is where you mature in because a lot of photographers and even friends uh They'll have these ideas and they'll say, like, we'll talk about it. And that's all healthy and good. But it's like, what are you doing about that idea? You can have the idea, but it comes to execution. Mm -hmm. You know, especially in this game, it's different. Like, I've had ideas. I had to learn the hard way um, that I'm just kind of speaking out in studio rooms. And then a month later, I see this company drop the shoot with the idea that I have. And it's like, you, I can't really do anything about it. That's my fault for not knowing how the industry is it, it works like that you know yeah you got to execute right? right so that's one way uh and i matured as a photographer in the years it's kind of like if i have an idea i'm not sitting on it as long i'm gonna go do it just bang bang you know mm -hmm. i'll think about it like look do my research see other photographers like their work that they have done because a lot of these ideas that you come up with it's already been done but it's you could do your own take on it there's a saying like Everything under the sun isn't new. You know what I mean? Like, it's all been done before. Look how long it's been around. Yeah. But it's your, how you break it down, how you present it, your style that makes it your, your photos, you know? Dude, I love that. Tell me about, like, what are some of your favorite cameras to use? What's a good, okay, no, no, no. So for the people out there that maybe are just trying to get into photography, what would you recommend is, like, good, like, mm. bro, get this. It kind of has everything you need. Here's, like, the right. training wheels for yeah. what you got. And then well, get, get us into, like, the big leagues. What are okay. you using? What are you on? So, right. like, what would you recommend to somebody? Like, if I was getting into photography, bro, mm. what, what piece of hardware would you recommend? Okay, so I got you. I would say start out with, you don't need, a lot of people, when they first get into it, they want to buy the craziest camera, the craziest lenses. I have friends who will just start up and have a crazier setup than I do, but they don't know how to work a thing. They're shooting it on automatic. Mm -hmm. What's the point? If you can't, if you don't know the manual settings, it's good to start small and grow, you know what I mean? Baby steps. So for me, I started with a super cheap, like $200 Nikon D5200. I even remember because I put in all my legwork with that camera. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got, it's a crop sensor camera, so you're not getting as much sharpness, not as much megapixels. So you really have to know how to manipulate the settings to make something look as good as to where my camera is now, where it's just a couple adjustments, you know what I mean? But it's not as major as the last camera because this is now a full frame. It's getting more light, more megapixels. It's easier to manipulate the camera than having to do 100 different settings changed. Now maybe you just do five. That's dope. Right. So it's good to start small and then build up to it, in my personal opinion. A lot of people just try to run out the gate, and it's not like that with this, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a process. Right. It, that's the thing. I'm still learning. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that I love, too, is anything, anybody who's passionate about the process, I can talk to them for hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's nothing that I just love hearing about it. I love equating sort of like the first time I ever pushed myself was just like, 
you know, in the weight room, just playing mm. sports, growing up, playing youth sports. You're right. always trying to push yourself. And then the thing that I, I wish more athletes or former people that have just been at a high level mm. are able to just transition that workload mm. into something other than professional sports. You right. know what I mean? You see so many guys at the top of their game who can't just go, wait a minute, you're good at this. Take that work ethic and put it over here. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't take that. translate off the field. Yeah. No, like, 100% like, I agree. Did you take pictures today? No. Uh, why not? Yeah. Oh, I had this, 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 uh, excuses, all this bullshit that happened, bro. And it's right. like, well, you're saying you love this, bro. But what you're showing me, yeah. It, that don't add up. So yeah. what, what's going on? So it's like, take me through the process of you getting ready for a shoot. You know what I mean? Like, what is your, what is your pregame? What do you do? You know yeah. what I mean? What do you think about? What are, what are some of the factors in okay. a good shoot? So let's say uh, you reach out to me for a portrait session just right here in Long Beach. What's a portrait session? Uh, portrait is just more face. face. Okay. Uh, portrait is just yeah, like, like headshots a, like a ID or what? photo. Yeah, headshots, okay. essentially. Portraiture just means it's like only going to be at the most like lower half of your middle section up. You usually won't get a full body photo. It could be considered portraiture if you have your face like more of the focus and the rest is bouquet out. But nine times out of ten, it's like an ID passport type thing. Gotcha. Um, so you reach out to me. You want to do a portrait session. I'll make a mood board of my ideas from other photo shoots, put it together in Photoshop probably around like 10 to 12 photos and this will be like our base of what we're trying to work towards this is the idea i'm not saying it's gonna come out this way but this is what we're like going for you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then from there i i'll do scouting locations like you'll tell me what is it that you want as the background whether it's city urban more nature beach and i'll go around maybe a couple of days before take photos Hit like three to four places, you'll know, choose with me. Maybe we choose one, narrow it down to two, and we'll go from there. Usually, I I like to shoot like I, I just put, get there at the same time with the client. If it's a studio, of course, I'm getting there earlier and to set up the lights and everything. But if it's in the field, I like to be like almost as uh, we're taking it in together, you know what I mean? I like that raw in the moment. Sometimes I'll do posing like I, I like to have people just to be in their natural habitat, like how they are, because mm -hmm. I see a lot of times photographers will pose a person that is not natural to how they usually pose. So they look super off like it's a good photo, but this person doesn't stand like that. Naturally, he looks super stiff, you know. OK, so I'll kind of have the person maybe do like a walk through, like walk towards me slowly and then I'll have them hold it. Or if I have them, if I'm taking a photo of their face, maybe. I'll have you like tilt your head down a little more, get that chin, sharper features, a little bit of a tilt. So I like to be more easygoing, like a fly on the wall. I'm not even here, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I like that. And I'm, dude, my biggest thing is when I hire an expert, when I hire somebody that's like really good at what they do, I don't even try to micromanage like that. Yeah. I Those are my favorite people, clients. Bro, I hate it when people do that. Like, let's yeah. say, oh, we were talking about the tattoos earlier, bro. I got a couple guys in my head that are, you know, like really big in the L.A. scene. Like they're mm -hmm. fucking solid, bro. I trust that whatever they put out, it's going to be hard. Like right. you're anything the artist. They do, yeah. And, you know, they're going to show you what they made before they fucking ink you up. But right. like I'm not going to sit here and be like, I want it to look like this. Or can and you change this. that? Yeah. Right. Can right. you make it? I hate that because I'm like, so do I fucking you do it then. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Why didn't you just do it yourself? Yeah. yeah. No, it's like I want I want you to do what makes you happy. Like if you're taking photos of me, bro, just make it look good. Right. I don't give a fuck how you do it. Those are my favorite types of people people for uh my business just yeah. make it look good man so and easy going because then you have the opposite end of someone who's like can you change this can you change that you know always like little tweaks and it's like 
I'll do it, of course, but it's, you know, it's more aggravating because it takes away, like, my presence in the photos. Like, now this is your shoot, and I won't even post it most of the time if it's like that. Or, like, mm -hmm. if they do drop it, I'm like, don't tag me. Like, yeah. uh, untag me. You had me edit it your way. This is your photo now. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then take me through the post-production process because mm. that's something that I don't understand. And I know yeah. uh, shit, the general public definitely doesn't understand because, yeah. you know, I've done some shoots before or I've known people that have done some shoots and I'm like, the fuck are the camera? Like, what's taking so long in these photos, bro? <laughs> like, you know, you, you it's disrespectful to be like, like net the uh, the day later be like yo can you send me those photos and you're like they're not done yet so it's like what is right. the done look like what are you doing mm. for that process a lot of uh clients yeah they need to have more patience but with me like if you come book with me usually you'll have it like late that night i'm just like a oh you're quick with it I'm, yeah but I'm what working. is it what is yeah. it that you do so that's special so, about you but yeah, what are you doing right. um so once you get the photos i shoot everything raw so that means it's the it's higher than jpeg you have the more it makes it more of a canvas, so when you edit it and try to manipulate colors, it comes out better than a JPEG file. It's a bigger, it's a lot bigger, so it takes time to import to Lightroom, Photoshop. I have the merge in between Lightroom and Photoshop, Adobe program, so I could do color manipulation, also some like masking and healing, all in once. Without before, you had to go to like edit in Lightroom, then ex export that, import that to Photoshop. Now uh, technology and their uh, algorithms i got in so much better that they put it all in one thank god that's what's up so it will look like you know after a shoot i go home import the photos into my lightroom photoshop and just start with the basic exposure then i get into tone curve coloring uh hues then you get into like enhancements sharpening skin like make sure the tones are right and i'm always looking at before and after like what i'm currently editing to make sure like I'm not going off sort of how like a tattoo artist has like what he's doing on you, like on the side of him. You know what I mean? So if you can look yeah. just to get an idea of like, OK, this is what it ha has to look like, even though if you're tweaking it a little, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's dope. I like that. You're, and I appreciate you doing all that, too, because it's like yeah, a lot of people don't understand. It's like, you know, you might book me for an hour photo shoot session. I'm charging you for really just that hour time that we're spending together. But another hour to possibly three hours is spent editing then another hour is spent uploading. So it's a it's a big job, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why yeah, I I used to get that all the time clients like same night same day, 2 hours later like where is my photos and I'm yeah. like you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? I haven't even ate yet. We just did a 6 hour shoot like uh -huh. yeah. That's funny. I like yeah. that. Like the the little common stressors always yeah. make me laugh. It's just right. like you don't even get it, man. It's good and yeah. stuff that like when shit breaks or you know malfunctions happen, it's like no yeah, man, no like, no patience. They're like what's going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like this doesn't happen. Um, bro, tell, teach me about like the ISO. Cause I got like a regular, okay. like little Canon, you know, yeah. DSLR that I shoot like family photos and stuff like that. But if you're talking about moving, I, I do automatic. I'm an automatic guy. You yeah. know, that's where I know I'm not getting the best, but like it's helping me. It's if I want to learn shooting yeah, automatic, right. You make that transition into mm -hmm. like, I don't know what, cause I've done that. I put it on the manual and I'm uh -huh. like, I don't know what this ISO means. I don't yeah. know what the, the APT, yeah. you know. So I'll tell you. So the shutter speed is how quick the lens is firing. Like the shutting, that's how quick. So it's like, it'll be 200 seconds of that or 200 milliseconds of the second when it okay. goes one to 200 that's how quick it's taking the shot mm -hmm. aperture is how wide you have your lens open so when you see like in your automatic and then the aperture is changing sometimes from like two to five to eight mm -hmm. it's adjusting towards the light if it's super bright your camera might compensate by making it tighter so less light comes through if it's super dark it will be wide open because it needs more light iso comes into play 
that's like a, pretty much just artificial lighting. Your camera is smart enough to where it could compute fake light. Like oh, it will really? make it brighter. So ISO is more commonly used in uh, dark environments, like you're shooting nighttime city stuff or like concert photography. You'll have your ISO up. Okay. Yeah, for video, it gets a little different, but I won't, I won't get into that. That's hey, a whole nother. So if we're talking about shutter speed, that's basically like the camera blinking. Right, right, there you go. How fast does the human eye blink? You know, I was gonna. I was just about to say, not as quick. Uh, we, we uh, it's way quicker than the camera. But now they have these mirrorless cameras that's supposed to be like a replica of your eye. What? Have you heard of that? Like the uh -huh. Sony cameras, where it's like mirrorless. It's super small, compact. That's dope. So pretty much, they took out like part of the camera that they thought they needed, and now it's just like quick, quick, quick. Oh, I've Googled the wrong thing. I said, how, the human adult eye blinks approximately 12 times per minute. Yeah. Okay, and one blink lasts about one third of a second. Yeah, so. So like 0.3. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing in the shutter speed is that. Okay, so yeah. it's just a camera just blinking, blinking, yeah, blinking, exactly. blinking. So I get the shutter speed and then the ISO is how, oh, no, no, no. Which one is how open your aperture. eye is? Aperture. Aperture is it's how much the -stop, light. The, the second, it goes, usually, uh, typically it's shutter speed on a camera. Then you'll see the aperture. Okay. And then the ISO is like usually in a corner. And that is for darker environments if you need more light. I got you. And then, then is that usually, is that your three, like if you're a pilot, those are kind of your main tools that you're yeah, messing with? Yeah. Then you could always dive into it and like mess with your white balance. You can customize that. That's more advanced for uh, like if it's like a cloudy day, you could change it to more of a, like a blue hue or orange hue. If you're shooting studio, put the flash uh, one on. So there's different levels to it. But that's like once, if you know that. That's really all you need to know. Bro, what are your favorite types of days, like environments to shoot in? Is Ooh. it Does it depend on the subject? Does it depend on like, so if you got a nice sunny California day, uh -huh. are you going to want like a, like a paler subject? Do you want somebody that's brown? Like, does that stuff even matter? Or it, I'm glad you brought that up. It does because a lot of photographers, they need to get better at their skin tones. You got my people looking, you know, like... Because it's hard, it's right? hard it's, to it's shoot a, me and Hannah though too yeah, at the same no, time. Cause that's there's, a challenge. Mm -hmm. See, I've, that's where you get into the editing and it's harder it's because you're a lot more tanner and you yeah. got to compensate because you're editing you got to almost edit two separately sides oh that's how you do it huh? I'll, I'll edit the main of it the the whole as a whole but then i'll get into like the more intricate editing and i'm separating it only yeah. on your guys's skin tone just to make sure everyone is looking how they naturally look because that could be you know it is a challenge yeah yeah I like that, bro. And like transitioning off of the photography, you've definitely mm -hmm. given us a good little masterclass in that. <laughs> um, the business side of it, bro. Oh, yeah. Where do you see? Um, I was on your Instagram, bro, with mm -hmm. the Doberman. Um, what, oh, my what, logo. Yeah, yeah. What is your? What's the name of your um, company right now? Uh, so my name is Justin Boyd. So it's just broken down like through sports. They used to always just be like J Boyd, J Boyd. Yep. You probably hear Jaden call me that. Mm -hmm. So I turned it into J Boyd Visuals. Just added visuals to it because I was like thinking I want to do photo video and I didn't want to narrow it down just like J Boyd photos. So I did visuals as that way I could do an overall yep. uh, media company. You got service. a website and everything, oh, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. called J Boyd. J Boyd visuals. Yep. Squarespace.com. I still need to buy the domain. I've been in the Philippines. Yeah. But that's definitely something I got to do. That's awesome, bro. And where do you see that? Like, it, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail, bro? What does your photography company look like? Like, what are you going to create? 
where do you see it going, bro? Are you traveling around? Are you doing like celebrities? Are you doing nature? What like what are you most passionate about? What are the some things? Are you putting other people on? Are you developing more photographers? Like where are your passions with that? Right. So it's interesting. Uh, I'll touch on that last part. I have like a lot of kids who are going to school, like Cal State, wherever LBCC. They work at an actual camera store, but they want to like intern for me. And I've tried like giving a couple kids some you know, a chance, it usually doesn't uh, turn out, but I'm always giving them the information. We're still friends to the day. It's just, it doesn't work in the work environment as well. They see things differently because they're not as experienced. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, The business side definitely was a trip to learn because a lot of the times when you're first starting off, nobody wants to pay. And that's what you kind of have to take with it, like a grain of salt. Like, you know, you have to prove yourself essentially. Do a couple shoots. You know, I, I really did two years of just free work just yeah. until I had a name buzzing and then where I valued my name on someone else's company or, you know, like I, you eventually have to do that or you'll be stuck in that spot forever. And that's like the hard thing photographers face. Even like what do you charge your rate is like a big problem newer photographers go through. It's like, yeah. what do I, I don't know what to charge. Like what's the scale? There's no blueprint for this. It's all in hand and experience trial and error. You'll learn, kind of get confident and, value yourself and charge what you value yourself that's how i go about it but i also keep it uh fair and i understand how the economy is so i'm i try to keep it reasonable where both parties is happy with how it went you know Mm -hmm. and i think you should do some more explaining as far as like the rate and people understanding Mm -hmm. like there's different there's different brackets you see what i'm saying like there's different levels that people don't often understand and it's like i get it but i don't really get it that's why you're here and i want to ask you like so the difference between and i'm not even talking about like the financial aspect of it i'm just Uh talking about the jump as far as like if you're talking about uh like a lower tier photographer is gonna capture this with Mm -hmm. you but yet if you go ahead and you know go right, up to like the big the leagues, small scale to big, like, yeah. What are you going to capture with that? What is mm. the difference in my uh, my graduation photos or mm. my wedding photos? Right. Getting a lower level guy because uh-huh. I'm just trying to nickel and dime, or a lady that is really knows right. what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. So you know, respect to either way, but if when you're working lower down, it's okay. Especially if you just you just need to get it documented. That's fine. You know, um, they might charge you, let's say, like fifty an hour for someone who's just starting out into the photography game as a student who's now trying to get his name out there. That's a that's a good rate. It's competitive. It's cheap. Um, right now, I'm floating at like one fifty to two hundred hourly. Okay. And that's still pretty competitive because a lot of the shoots i do especially like i had a uh, uk uh, music group come out here and they couldn't believe i was charging that and they found me through like a work group out there somehow my name's in like a office i don't know but uh they're telling me charge more because they are looking on like uh freelancer websites in la because they're obviously not from here and they're seeing people charge twice as me and they're telling me they're nowhere like not even touching but i'm completely fine with that I'm happy where where I'm at charging, and I feel like both sides are, if they could have a mutual agreement and feel like it turned out great, they're going to come back, and it will come to me, you know. As far as, like, bigger companies, uh, that rate will change, for sure. This is more, like, day-to-day doing my business. When you're working with a company and doing a day rate, you have to value yourself. You might be charging towards, like, me, the upper end, like $1,000 for the day. Because that's uh-huh. like a 12-hour shift of nonstop shooting, shooting, shooting. Mm-hmm. Then I got to edit it. Like I said, it's a lot of hours that goes into it even yeah. after the day's over. 
thank you for kind of dropping all that photography stuff. I definitely no like problem, man. I hearing about cameras. Me here. Yeah, I like hearing about all that. And I just like hearing about what people are into. Like, yeah. it, it don't matter if it's photography, surgery, whatever you do, you know, shoes. Right. Like, when somebody really has a high level of something, you just want to hear about it. Like, and right. you speak passionate. Like, there's people I work with that have been in the jet ski game like forever. So when they talk about jet skis, you're just like, you know what? I didn't really give a fuck. But like mm-hmm. now that you're really getting into like the fucking the spark plugs and you got to yeah. pop the it's back of it, and you got to do that. And you're like this and that. Right. And I'm like, I didn't know that's how it operated. But I'm with the the, the propulsion of it and this and mm-hmm. that. And you really got to change the mode. And here, oh, you want to go fast sport mode right here? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. all right, these are all cool shit to like play with. Tell me about some of your favorite like podcasts or books that you use to just like entertainment purposes for growth. Like who do you really fuck with? Uh, What's his name? There's a, I hope I'm not saying it wrong. Sinzu for Art of War. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. That was a great like mental book. Yeah. Uh, And then I have a Taich Nut. He's like a Buddhist monk. No, let's talk about the Art of War first, bro. Okay. I think I just read that one. I reread that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's a book where you have to reread it every two or three years because uh-huh. as you grow and develop, that book also grows and develops. Oh, yeah. so every like, year I take annotations in a different color. And uh-huh. then at this point, I've read it like five times and it's five different highlights in it. I've given it to friends because I'm hoping that they'll pick up on it. And they, they sadly don't. But, you know, at least I did that. I tried. I try. mm-hmm. yeah. And my, my, my favorite line from that book, bro, is like, you have to try to something along the lines of like you have to try to master. He's talking about the way of the sword, so that mm-hmm. by mastering one thing, you can apply it to ten thousand other different things. Right. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Is yeah. Like a you, lot of people take that book super literal because it is like a warlord type guy, but he's speaking like on a broad mental. Like it's kind of how you you make the world your battlefield. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just analyzing things. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is it's like life is a bit of a battle. Like yeah. it's it really is every hard. day. It's you. Versus Versus you. Yeah. That's what it is. A lot of people still don't think like or even know it's that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's you versus yourself. Bro, that is funny too. It's like now that we think that because I really don't have an issue, like I don't compare myself to anybody. There's yeah. really nobody that I'm just like, like I don't feel you're I your think, own biggest critic. Yeah, when you right. do that, you get jealous, you get upset, you it's try to healthy. sabotage, you try to like come up with theories on why their success isn't yeah. relevant and it's like that's just such a waste of effort it's a child mentality mm-hmm. that's normal to go through as like when you're in your younger days everyone goes through that but you need to grow yeah, yeah. and you're talking about you try to put people on and yeah one of the harder things that i'm having an issue with is like i said a lot of our peers and a lot of people that are unfortunately kind of falling off the mm. I, you can't i can't like it hurts me it hurts me being like yeah. fuck i gotta i gotta cut them off i gotta leave them behind you know what i right, mean like yeah. i just can't put everybody that much can't go Shout yeah out to Nip. you know that's just how it is sad like i used to i used to be my biggest problem too bro like i was in pain like dang mm. I, I really wanted to help this person i like his character it's just it's not gonna happen though like in the work environment it just doesn't flow right mm-hmm. maybe like not i'm not saying not forever but just not now you know and bro one of my mentors the fuck is that oh motorcycle i thought that was keno for a second howling or something oh one of my mentors told me bro he was like you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves right so all you can do is provide the book you can't force somebody to read it or if you do force them to read it you can't force them to like internalize what's going on that's what i was saying like i gave like my friends the book and it's on him if he wants to read it look through my annotations at least i did what my principal and i definitely feel at peace for that too like now i'm getting better at just being like yeah, Except no, this, you did what you had to do. This is what I did. If you're if you're mm-hmm. into photography or something, hey, get this and 
you know, even come out if you want to come watch a shoot or two or something, you right. know. But if not, oh, we were up at six. What you weren't? You were sleeping. Okay, all right, cool. No, sleep in. It's good. Do you right. like? I understand where you're at. Like, yeah. it doesn't hurt me at all. So, the art of war. You got any other ones? There's a this uh, author. I hope I'm not saying it wrong. Titch. It's like T. H I C H not like N A T. He's a monk, like sort of relating to Sun Tzu, but his is just more like a Buddhist mentality. Like you know, life is suffering, so like things like when I was going through like my roughest points is where I picked up these books. It helped me under like get a deeper understanding for life and the situation. Uh, I'm not super religious person. I am, I guess you would say, spiritual. I believe in a higher power, but as far as like uh, books, I'm. I'm not like super one-sided. I see a lot of like you know a lot of these religions have uh, correlations. Yeah. So you not, read not, anything? Not to say anything yeah. about, about that, but currently, I'm I'm reading more like um, just like, magazine articles, write-ups these days. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm reading uh, Good to Great. Okay. Right now by Check Jim Collins. Mm. It was a really good one. My boss recommended it a few months ago. I was like, let me pick it up and, you know, bang it out. And it's really, it's almost like, have you read the, um, what is it? Not The Outsiders. The uh, Malcolm Gladwell's. The fuck is it? I think The out, Outliers. Hold Did on. Did they make now. that into like a movie or a show no, as well? No, no, no. That's some bullshit we read in high school. <laughs> that I'm of? Oh, okay. Not, I think it is The Outsiders, but hold on. Let me. Malcolm Gladwell. I just read it too, like last year. It was really good. Um, it's Outlier. Yeah, yeah, Outliers. Mm. Famous book. And basically, I, my favorite shit that I've been into lately is the ones that debunk like conventional wisdom, mm. where you think like you have to work 100%, 24-7, and it just, you don't take recovery into pace at all. And it's like the guy who actually recovers ends up uh, growing race, exponentially right. before that. And meanwhile, you were just trekking along and you tore your body apart. It's even and like it didn't that for work. working out, right. Just like that. So basically what good to great, what I've been relating to that is through like kindness is motivating the people that you work around mm. way more than, you know, whipping them in the back or right. really cussing them out or doing right. stuff like realistically, that. Realistically, they don't, they're not going to uh, receive that well. Mm -hmm. Like doing that in the moment, you, you'll get like a load off. Like, okay, I had to say something, but it doesn't change it. And then you got to do it again yeah. versus you're kind and you go about it a nicer way. They might still do it, but then the next time that thought of you saying that is in their head now because you brought it down so nice to them that they're able to stick with it. So, yeah, I agree. Hell yeah. And then, um, yeah, like one of my favorite quotes so far from that book I got mm -hmm. pulled up is basically, greatness is not a function of circumstance. Greatness, it turns out, is largely a matter of conscious choice. Right. So it's not something that happens. I think oftentimes people who aren't passionate about the process tell themselves that greatness is just oh i didn't have it you know what i mean i didn't get it didn't hit me it didn't choose me right trust the process you choose it so mm. that's something where it's like i read that and i was like oh yeah no resonated with you you're you're great you're in the pursuit of greatness every mm -hmm. day you wake up and try to reach your fullest potential right you know what i mean people are just so in love with the results these days bro i feel like they don't embrace that journey like you have to take it like every day like okay i put in some work 
And that's good. You don't you don't have to get to A through Z all in the same day. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's a journey. That's what life is. That's why that was my biggest problem uh, as a younger kid. Like I wanted everything to be done now. You know what I mean? It's especially growing up here in America. That's like kind of like how we are here. We're a little more entitled to things. So that was something I had to mature through. You know, yeah. mentally. How'd you mature through that? A lot of meditation, working out. Just a lot of deep talks with myself, being real with myself, understanding my flaws, but also embracing it. I've been noticing you've been leaning out more, bro. Just even yeah. since last time I seen you a couple of weeks ago, you dropped the Philippines will do that. The Philippines got you too, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot of walking. Yeah, dude, you look good, man. Thank How you. much you weighing right now? You're what? I, I honestly haven't even hit the scale yet because I'm like, I should, but I'm like, I just want to keep going, keep yeah. going. And one day I'll, because I have the scale in my room, but mm-hmm. I... I was sitting, let's say, the last time we seen each other, I was probably around a good 250. Yeah. Dude, so, even if I think back like a year ago, you know what I mean? Like last time I saw you a year ago, you were you were big. Pretty big. You were a big dude. Yeah. yeah I was going through some things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. And it's how you feel better, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this is like what my natural weight is supposed to, a little less than this still, yeah. but you know, it's getting there. Yeah. Right. How, how far are you trying to go with it? As far as the sky can yeah. go, you know, I'll trying to get limit. get shredded up, or All right? What? That's why, like every day, I think it's more just like a a mental thing. When I work out and I get that that frustration and just emotions, you kind of work it out like a water, you know, flowing. Like then it could crash. You kind of just gotta let the oh yeah, let it go. So yeah, that's bro. why I, that's what I turn to working out for. It's it helps you keep a better head on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm. And kind of like going back to the scale, the scale ain't everything, bro. <clears throat> right. But one of the biggest tool, it's a tool. I think people yeah. who are now you can attest to it more because I've never gotten like that big before. Right. This is this is the biggest that I've ever gotten. Like I'm mm. I'm heavy for me right now. Okay. And it's just like I wouldn't think that. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Where I still get it. Like I don't. But right now, what I'm transitioning into over the next three months is laying a foundation physically to where i can get back up into the the 405 squat realm you know what mm. i mean the big weight because my biggest thing is i was i used to be between 185 and 205 but like the strongest motherfucker in the gym that was my uh, same yeah so it's like whereas sad. i used to outrun everybody i used to yeah. lift everybody so i'm kind of getting back into that i really mm. like not being pigeonholed so mm. like if there's somebody that is physically stronger than me i love being able to just fucking outrun the daylights i'll go right. run 10 miles on you and you know right. what i mean just feel good after mm. same thing as if somebody is around my weight but they're outrunning me it's like no i'm throwing up you know 300 bench you know really yeah. getting after it so my point is the scale is so people are so scar like scared of it because they they think that that's them you know what that i mean number scares that yeah, number that's your whole identity you throw a 250 on there or 24 whatever it says is it's like oh that's me and it's like no no that's where you're at today right if you're serious about what you're doing next week the week after next month guess mm. what it's going to drop decrease increase mm. however you're trying to right. you know build your body to what you want it to be and it's For like sure. What gets measured can gets ma- can get managed. You know what I mean? I like it's that. like how the fuck can you manage something you where you know. don't know where you're at? Right. So that's why it's like in the scale, the scale when I get home. Yeah, hit it, but it's a tool. You know where you're at. You yeah. know, especially if you're building muscle. Gotta too. use it as what it's for instead of letting yeah. it just take over your Hell whole yeah. bro, identity. Just like, like your that. camera, bro. Right. How the fuck can everything, we get everything? Everything relates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, remember that one, which you just what can get measured can get managed. Yeah, and it's I like, like that. That's a big one, but um. What else did I want to talk about? I had something pulled up here for you. Um, was It wasn't workout related, but we could talk about working out, bro. Okay. Working out, it's like... Let's do it. 
where where's your headspace at when you're starting that goal like you said you're up to 250 is yeah, that what it was it, man it, it probably could have been more yeah to be honest but so, before i left i had to, i was like kind of slowly losing a little bit of weight yeah. and i hit the scale one day and i seen like a 250 then it would yeah. be like a 245 so yeah I'm probably within that like 250 to 230 now mm-hmm. and shit like i said even a year ago bro you were probably bad. pushing like 270 yeah, somewhere no, around was, there like, probably even 280 like close so how do you consciously like identify what is the or is it one thing is there a day you wake up where you're just like oh shit this is the day you know what i mean like all right we're getting back into it when does that like dog you know what i mean when does that get into you i guess like after you reach a certain point and then you just get on yourself like nah i gotta flip the switch and that's what it was now it's like from the time even a month before I left in October, so let's say September, November, I'm every morning I wake up, push-ups, go run, basketball, something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even shower yet. That's my wake up. Then I shower. Yeah. I, I treat it more like of a, I wake up hungry and it's like I need to earn my meal. I need to earn okay. my shower. You know like what that. I mean? I, ta- I treat it as such. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's been working best for you. Pick up yeah. basketball, cardio. Yeah. What exactly. type of cardio? You've been running? Like uh, I run a little bit, but slowly like because i was on the heavier side i was mm-hmm. trying to run and my stamina wasn't up there so i kind of tricked my mind with the basketball because yeah. it's like you know you're doing a sport but you're also running a lot yeah so you don't you don't see it as the same as just running by yourself where you been working out at uh i, f- I float all over but um like what was it? yesterday i, I hit uh, cal state and i was in their facility Oh, you were at my gym yeah oh what are you doing gym. in there how are Pooping, you getting in there lifting a little bit guest pass through my friend Oh, how much it's is like, a guest pass? Yeah, it's like 10 bucks every time I go, but you know, it's all right. All right. You got to come get some workouts with me, man. Yeah, let's do it. We get in there and I really, I, I like to pound it around. We get after it and you, you know, you whatever you can. my body, but no, I'm, bro. I'm down. That's the thing is I don't, I don't ego lift. I don't tell uh, you to lift what I'm lifting. I don't lift right. what you're lifting. You do your best. If mm, we say we're I going like 70% today for, you know, a good 10 reps or right. whatever. It might be, it would be my 70 yeah, though. Right. You're 70. So we get the same workout in at the end of the day, but hell no, I hate it. When people get hurt, it's just because there's so many injuries that could get mitigated from ego lifting, right? Bro, just taking it slow. You know, take it slow. Do what your best is. Don't think that, oh, I used to do this. I used to do that. Let me go ahead and start with that. That's not how it works, bro. But like if you're talking about more cardio, I'd like to see you just with because you're a bigger guy. I want less on like your joints just as far as until you strengthen that area and get where you want to be, bro. You got to hop on the row machine more. Have you hopped Mm. on the air bike at all? Yeah, I have one. We have one at home. Oh, you have one, bro. Have you done like circuits on that air bike, bro? Yes, and then we just, my mom, but she stays on QVC channel. And I got this weird like box thing where I could do like uh like run it up like almost like a stairs like okay it's, it keeps going you know what I uh-huh. mean and then you flip it over and now you're doing squats or whatever oh, that's like, it's like a box like a cube essentially each side has a different workout that's cool so like home workouts more just because I feel more uh comfortable yeah. with myself like okay I could push it sometimes when I'm in the gym you know I get in my head like looking around like all these dudes are swollish <laughs> compared to me you know? oh yeah yeah I have like a I don't know. In the gym, sometimes I'll like look and I'm just like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. You dang, you feel like lesser than? Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's like a thing that I've always had in like a gym uh, Mm -hmm. etiquette environment. When did you start lifting weights? When was your first ever gym? The thing is, is I was born in a gym. So like Uh, I, 11, you know what I mean? Like that's when I started. So I was in the gym before puberty, not lifting, Uh. but doing all body weight. So it's like the gym is such a deep part of me that I'm uncomfortable out of the gym. Out of the gym. So, so it just feels natural. It's literally like like when I walk into, let's say, even the most packed gym, a fucking New Year's 
Pierce, jo- uh, January 2nd. You know what I mean? Right, the most right. packed when gym. everyone's there. And when everyone's there, I'm still able to see the patterns and read the room of like, mm. just because I've spent so much time in the weight room, man, of right. like, I could take two, three people and we go, all right, we're going to hit this. We're going to hit this. And it's almost like nobody else is there. You're in just, your environment. Yeah, yeah. Because we're able to sort of run no that what, dance. Gym, right. Yeah. And you get, get into that flow state that like, I know what equipments aren't being, I use the fucking air bike or the row machine that uh. nobody uses. You know what I mean? I find yeah. the things that nobody, it's, it takes a high level to really get a good workout. For sure. I could work your body with a med ball. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, just, yeah. just one med ball. And I was like, doing that with Jaden and Matt the other day. Like, you know, the sit-ups with the med ball, uh-huh. they were done for after the first rep. I was like, come on, bro. Like, let's keep yeah. going. Like, this is good. I like that type of workout too. Mm-hmm. And you got to get like, like I said, the cardio, that's where I think you're at. Cause I know you, you got the weightlifting, but like more circuit work as far as like that row machine, bro. Right. If you turn that on and you do just a mile of uh, rowing. A lot of jump rope, I guess that's what yeah, I do. Like, that too. It jump helps a little. Good. Yeah. Just because like right now I'm, st- I, I don't know why before I used to be able to run like three miles every morning, just wake up and run like yeah. from where I live is like, uh, I won't say it, but the opposite end of where, uh, Jaden used to stay, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm running from that to there but then around like the mall yeah and back so it's like three to four yeah but i'm doing it in good time and i feel great like i'm not wheezing out there now i'm wheezing like yeah. if i do it yeah so so what's the issue the issue is just we know what it is it's yeah. a lack of practice bro i need to be more disciplined yeah right. it's all good like the thing is you need to look at it just like photography bro is yeah you, okay so let's just do one mile yeah. Hey, guess what? You can't do a mile. Let's start with half a mile. Mm. Let's walk half a mile, run half a mile. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. just because you can't do the three miles, bro, You there's something that you can do. I guarantee you there's something that you can yeah. do. Let's do that and let's build on that. We can't, bro, the fucking, that, that's a photo shoot that doesn't exist anymore. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. that shit's done with. I don't know. But what we need to do is build right now. Yeah. And what you can control is what you can do today, tomorrow, the day after. And it's like... Just start with one mile. That's mm. now your new three miles. That's right. your new like build up to it. Killed that mile. Guess what? You do that for a couple of weeks, couple of days, however until your body. Two Next miles. Next time, two miles. Right. Fucking three. That's what you got to do. But yeah. I challenge you, bro. Hop on that air bike. Hop on that row machine, dude. Stairmasters. You need stuff that's like. Um, it's not just running. Running is so much fucking, yeah. you know, uh, you'll get to the running. But right. before you do the three miles, you need to do three miles on the spin bike. You yeah. know what I mean? You need to do Build three up miles. To it. Yeah. Right. Fuck the elliptical. You know, elliptical's <laughs> all right. But like you do all the other stuff in there and then mm-hmm. you do the elliptical for like a warm up on like a leg day or something. But I think I just beat myself up too much. Like if I'm running, like trying to get back into my regular run and then I'm like halfway through it, I'm dying. I'm like bro, what did you do? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, I take it so hard to heart. Cause yeah. it's like, I'm a harsh, harshest critic. I'm an only child. So it's like, it's kind of like you raise yourself, you know, I have older parents. They're like in their sixties now. So I'm kind of okay. doing everything always like on myself. Like I'm my harshest critic. It's just always like that. That's why I'm a, a firm believer in it's you versus you always, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you need to go out there and compete with yourself today, not right. yourself a year ago or two years ago or whenever exactly. that was happening. That's why I'm glad we had this conversation. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, bro. And like I said, anytime, bro, I just, I love working out. So yeah. it's one of those things where like, we'll like I said, in. like I said, this is like my, for me, like this is my like, you fucking fat fuck. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you little bitch. Like, yeah. you know, cause there's, there's a certain level to where I get to where I have a weird body, man. Like where it's a very unique in the fact that like, it's, 
it's almost like chimp like like it's mm. i have like the fibers in my muscles get stronger than the other people that are in my like body in your category BMI, right. yeah yeah the people that are like the guy that's next to me essentially you look like you have another 20 but it's just you're more yeah defined uh-huh right. and it's I like get you. you know what i mean where it's just like i stand in there just like when i used to wrestle all that mm. it's like when i get in there and you get there there's you're not gonna get me how you long know? did you wrestle for i wrestled my whole childhood man Damn. like all throughout middle school high school i stopped yeah i had to stop my sophomore or junior year um we were in texas and oh. i i had like a bit of a nervous breakdown in my tournament so i can do uh. duels no issue duels you know you wrestle once twice you're good right but just as amped up as i would get starting at like eight in the mm. morning and then you know a tournament will go until four or five it's an right. all-day thing it's a lot of pressure I, I just remember sitting under the stadium and i was like i can't i can't turn it off i was having issues um wrestling going 100 mm-hmm. percent, leaving the mat and then debriefing and then having to rank it so it was four times where i was going oh. to war in my mind and then you have to like turn I gotta, that switch I gotta off go and it yeah, wasn't that's turning a lot off. that's a lot so for i that just young right yeah i just remember uh that's like a damn near army mentality being able to know like okay yeah. we're not you know i called my mom and i was like hey i can't and my parents were really hard on me like really as far as they were just they didn't want somebody that couldn't take care of themselves mm-hmm. so i remember telling them i was like hey I can't do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, that didn't exist in my childhood as far right. as, like, you can't, you know. So Parents I was, always going to get yeah, hard on you. Yeah, just pushing, pushing, pushing. Push but That's I think I broke my arm. that might have been, yeah, the first time where they really heard me saying, like, hey, I can't do this because you're not understanding. Like, I can't stop. Right. Like, I want to continue going and, like, I want to. I want to fuck this guy up. Like yeah. I want to, I don't want to Taking stop. it farther. Yeah. And you, yeah. And your inner self is knowing like, okay, this is a problem and you're freaking mm-hmm. out. Cause it's like, why is this even a thing? Yep. I get it. So I stopped wrestling and then I transitioned to track and field after that. Oh. And I felt, I took all the lessons from wrestling, the disciplines, all that to just learning a new sport and really falling in love with it. But I take that wrestling mentality with me pretty much in everything I do. Just that discipline. That's good. I think the wrestlers are the, I'm not going to call them the best athletes on earth, but I will call them the most structured, the most regimented. They they have that. If you're taking three guys with you, you need to pick three wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like right, look, down, at, look at Islam Makhachev. Yeah. Number one ranked champion now. Yeah. He, he's a great boxer, great kickboxer. He can stand with you, but where does he uh, stand out most? On the ground. Yeah. There you go. And that's the thing where most people, like if I'm ever... If I'm ever, I don't look for altercations, anything like that. But if I do find myself in something like that out in the street or whatever, like that, putting you on the ground, that's where you lose. Like that's and nine times out of 10, someone isn't trained MMA or wrestling, anything. So Mm -hmm. you get them in some type of chokehold guillotine, they're going to freak out immediately, uh, submit. Right. Yep. So it's good stuff. And no, that's good. I know for sure. You, you take a wrestler and you can build anything off of them. A lot of the wrestlers turn into MMA and it's easier for them to transition into a boxing stand-up game because the wrestling side of it is actually the harder part to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I wish more, for sure, I wish more young men and young women were, Mm. I wish it was a, uh, like a subject in school. I really wish it should be. mm -hmm. Like places in China and even in the Philippines, like all the kids and girls know how to kickbox. That's their like culture there. Like it's school taught. That's lit. I love that though. I feel like, uh, yeah, we need something like that here where it's like a pe segment even if it's only for like a couple months that'll be good for kids because then like you said you could take that into other things in life that discipline that they got will resonate with them for their whole life hell yeah bro and it's something where we we touched on school a little bit but Mm. 
I think you and I were both told growing up that if you didn't go to college, you weren't going to be successful. Yeah, that's something that 100% in America, like that's the narrative right now with this generation growing up is if you don't go to college, you're not going to be shit. So right. it's like, how did you feel? Because that's basically what I knew. I knew what I wanted to do, bro. When I was like 14, 15, I wanted to build, wanted to build businesses. Same. Like, that's really all I wanted to do. Do things yeah. that I'm passionate about. Build podcasts. You know what I mean? Like do things like Entrepreneur that. Entrepreneur mindset. There it is. Yeah. I just wanted to be a really successful. Our generation is like the new coming of that. They've had the entrepreneur. But the reason why I think we have to deal with that, like college if you don't go you're you're not going to be successful you're going to be homeless our parents they came up in a time where it was actually it made sense to go to school gatekeeper right it was it wasn't things weren't as expensive houses went up five times you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the school loan debt is crazy right now yeah so when they're when they came up it's it makes the logical sense like choice and our generation not so much you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there's like what you're doing, what we're doing right now. It's still so competitive with or without. So it's like, right. you're looking but you at don't, it. You don't necessarily need it. Like that, yeah. A lot of people, even in the film industry, like the DPs, the person who's shooting the film, he won't even have gone to school. doesn't have a degree. Yeah. But who's going to say something? I mean, he has proof of concept. He's done 10 Sundance Festival, uh, Festival Awards. Yeah. Nobody's going to come for his focus. degree. Yeah. Right. And there's so many things, bro. Okay, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be like a surgeon, yeah, I need different. you I need yeah, you yeah. to know where my heart is. Like yeah, I need you to do some studying. That. Okay. Mm. But if we're talking about from a photography or yeah. or like a business uh, mm. entrepreneur what I'm doing, there's so much feel in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't teach somebody feel. There's no class to teach you like, okay, this is how you reach out to this business for what exactly you're doing. They have yeah. a broad business class, but they're not teaching you specifically like if me and you went to class together in the same business school, right? We're not going to, they're not speaking directly to what we do. It's things that we could like most of the time already figured out, Mm -hmm. you know? And dude, over the past 20 years, the amount of information that we have, like we're switching and you know this, bro, we're switching from an information age to an Mm -hmm. attention age. Right. So it's like, we no longer, I I know everything in my classes is in my pocket right now. Yeah, in your phone. Everything everything. that we have. So we need to worry about the attention. And right Mm -hmm. now it seems like the attention, yeah, it's on positive things. It's on negative things. But it's like, now, how do you use that as a tool within your craft? Right. The attention, not the info. You don't need to teach somebody about photography. You need to get the attention on, hey, this is what we do. This is how you make the best photographs for right. what you're looking for. And it's like, because in the digital about. age, it's like you have so much onto your phone. Like mm-hmm. every second you have something new. It's how do you keep that viewer's attention the longest yeah how do you keep him keep him or her intrigued to what you're doing when there's a hundred other people doing the same thing that same second bro also posting and it's like college used to be the best place to get information those right. libraries that's what i'm saying I, I won't argue with that yeah maybe like 50, 40 50 years ago of course yeah. go to college there was no other way yeah. now though it's like i don't even look if i'm in the fucking library of the book right. they're like what am i gonna go find the book no hell no hold on yeah. real quick oh yeah uh socrates said that all right continue the conversation blah 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 you know what i mean now we're mm-hmm. rolling with it and i want to hear about sort of your experience and we can kind of start to sort of land this plane of how did you make that decision to not go to college and making that decision did you feel that pressure of like or people telling you like oh well you're not going to be shit you know what i mean so uh, around like 18 after high school i had saved up some money and i moved out twice first to marina del rey which these are all my downfalls uh, i moved there thinking i had a lot of money because i'm young and ignorant arrogant 
And I get there, and then within the year there, I moved to Santa Monica, get another apartment, and I'm still barely making it by. It's so expensive over there, even comparison to here. And I was going to Santa Monica College, so I just never finished, but it was kind of like being in those classes, I just felt time, like I was losing time. Like I would be turning down shoot opportunities, days where I have people wanting to book me, but I can't because I have to go for a class where the teacher is telling me pretty much, you're only one of you is going to make it. And if anything, you're going to be an assistant. So it's kind of like, why would I put myself in this negative environment? Yeah, They're not really hands-on. They're just throwing the film out there, giving you budgeting templates. Like I taught myself a lot from their just their uh, basic uh, information they give you as far as budgeting, shot listing. Like I took the tools, but they don't really show you what to do with it. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's, that's where it comes down to you. And then this day and age, you can look up all the things I just named in a YouTube video and a Google search bar. Like, you'll get everything I just said within five seconds versus that whole month or semester that you're taking. And it's like, I think the school system conditions you to wait. It, it, wait. Don't do anything yeah. on your own. Fucking wait and I'll give I you what's that. going on. So, bro, I was just talking to Hannah about this because she's, she, Hannah is the reason why I've passed college. I'm not going to lie. She's kept mm. me so organized. She's done, without her, I just, I would have probably fallen off definitely during COVID. Like I just wouldn't have went back. Right. Um, I hate that they will give you the opportunity. They will, they will fuck with you if you turn something in late, mm. but there's no opportunity to turn something in early. Right. I look back on these four years that I've done because I'm graduating on December 9th, bro. I could have done every paper, everything, Congrats. if you would have given me two months. Yeah. I guarantee if you give me 60 to 90 days, I would have done everything. Every I finished high school early because of that. Once I found out you could do EPHS and it was looked down upon, everyone's like, this is where the kids who can't pass go. Yeah. I found the loophole. This is where the kids who want to get into their life quicker <laughs> go. Yeah. So I'm like, I finished in like March, my senior year. Everyone's still there till June. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm ahead going in the real world, getting opportunities. And I'm seeing like, man, I should have done this from the jump because mm -hmm. a lot of things in school they're not teaching you preparing you for life like we don't even learn how to file taxes bro yeah. you know what i mean and that's like a standard thing if you're gonna have the irs come for me over something at least show me in school the basics you yeah. know i'm with that and um i had like you told you like that shitty story that he just said about like none of you guys are gonna make it i remember yeah. sitting in one of my sociology classes I'm sure you had something like and that. the professor came and we were talking about something bro it was like the first day and he came in yeah, yeah yeah he see? came in i don't know where like maybe in his head he was like oh this is gonna be a wake-up call for people or yeah. i don't know what the fuck we're was not going receptive on. to you yeah man. yeah you i know? don't know who you are you just came in and i remember we ended up talking about uh like billionaires or like is bill is it good to be a billionaire or whatever mm. and i was like yeah no bro like fuck yeah like this is my goal you know what i mean right. like like yeah. they were like this is what i'm striving they were for. like he was like how many of you want to be billionaires or something like that and it's sociology it's usually like mainly yeah. young women who want to like be uh like guidance counselors or something like that and i'm in right. the back of the room dicking off fucking listening to music he's like how many wants to be a billionaire raise my hand yeah. and then he's like guess what uh the way society works he said you will never be paid what you're worth and I remember he said that, and I was like, hey, bro, you'll never be paid with yeah, your... And this is this That's... was actually kind of my last straw with, like, the whole college thing. And then mm. I just flatlined. It was just, like, a zombie in there. Right. Just, like, I ain't here to argue. But this was when I was, like, arguing a little bit. And I was like, uh, no, what do you mean? I'm never going to get paid what I'm worth. This is America. That's like, good, though, that you have that. A lot of yeah. kids, I bet, in your class just shut they up. They just zoned right? out. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, yo, because... Well, here's the thing is I know he's a broke-ass professor. Fucking, yeah, you, you know what I mean? He's Working putting at what, his yeah. life projections onto you. Yeah. And it's so salty. I don't like that the older generations, especially professors, are doing that. Like, you're here to 
uplift these students, even mm-hmm. like put that battery in their back. Even if you feel that way from your life, why say that? Especially the first second of our first day. Yeah. You're going to come in and spark a flame. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah. bro goes, you'll never be paid what you're worth. Yeah. And that was his basically starting point with the lecture. And I remember I didn't say this, but I thought it and I go, okay, so I'll just be overpaid then. There and I go. remember just being like, that was like kind gotcha. of my, my yeah. mic drop moment of Checkmate. like, like, right. fuck you, bro. I'm not going to sit here and like roast you in front of the class like yeah. that. Cause that's how you get failed in those classes. Right, right. But I, then you have a teacher with a vendetta. Hell yeah, yeah. But I was just like, all right, then I'll be, if that's, if that's your lesson, I'll just be overpaid. Like, there you go. And that's kind of where I thought about it. And yeah, bro, like that's ever dope. since then just controlling your narrative and you're talking about the concept of time. That's something that I was stressing out about. As far as like, do you ever listen to any of uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk's stuff, his podcasts or any of his books? Uh, I might have seen a couple of uh, pods on. Uh, yeah, I'll send you some of his stuff, bro. He uh-huh. is so good as far as being like an older guy, almost right. like 50 or somewhere around there, late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. That is basically debunking like all his generation's pressures, like the parents, because mm-hmm. he's usually like our parents age of that generation right. and just going like no, these are what these young kids need to be focused on. You need right. to stop. Don't ground them for their fucking grades or like harp oh, on them. I actually them. have seen a couple of You know his, what I'm like talking open, about? Yeah, open pods where he has people come in and they'd say like, you know, yeah, yeah I've seen that. And he's so Sick good guy. at just being like, no, you need to understand the process and you need right. to understand the amount of time that these things are going for. Like these social pressures as far as like you need to know what's figured out at 18. Yeah. No, bro, 18. And then you stop taking risks because you need to go into some bullshit that you don't care about. No, there you go. find your passion. That's what he's mm-hmm. pushing is like find your passion take 10 years of just searching and just trying shit out until you're fucking 28 30 and then guess what like as long as you're getting by and you know you find something that you love into Mm -hmm. now take that passion and try to monetize it and try to provide as much value as you can to as many souls as you can touch and like that's really what i i I fucking love that guy because he's really helped me with just understanding like this just because I'm graduating college, I don't have to have it all figured out. All right. I got, I got a good the way amount. the world is set up. It makes it think like oh, you're supposed to have your career lined up yeah. after like within a year or even months after you graduate and then you don't. And then now you feel bad about yourself. You're looking back at all the time. Yeah, no, I have seen some of his videos and he tells people like, take your 20s to 30s, bro. Like you're just still living life. You're still a young kid. There's no pressure. Find out what you want to do, right? Yep. Now, especially as long as you're now doing, bro, you can work at Domino's and still yeah. pay your rent with roommates and just slide right. along and you're good. There's just nothing like, wrong with that. Take care of yourself. And it just put me in a position to where I understand that like my, how long I'm going to be around for. Now, unfortunately, like fortunately I have my shit together. Like we mm-hmm. were in such a good place. We got the pod started. Like me and Hannah are doing really big things and like, it's super cool, but I don't feel the pressure of like fuck, this has to happen next week. Because I feel like it'll happen when it happens. Like, are you doing your best? Yes. So guess what? It's going to happen when it needs to happen. You you know? And just trying to force things, that's not really what I do. Because that's just not Sounds like you found your rhythm. Yeah. That's good. I feel like you need that. Everyone needs to find their flow, Mm -hmm. their pace, you know? Yeah, man. So... Like I said, bro, thanks for coming on. I hope you've had a Appreciate blast with the you. pod. You had a good time. Yes, I loved it. I got one more question for you. This is how we like to close out the pod. Okay. Is who's one person that you would recommend that you would like to see on the podcast on Ooh. a future date? Can okay. you think of anybody, you know, preferably maybe locally, you know, mm-hmm. in the area or somebody that's in the area that we can have come on and just sort of drop some wisdom, some knowledge and have a good time? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Gold by Seven, a videographer in Long Beach, uh, bio. Good friend of mine also does a lot of uh, video work. 
super popular here. He's probably one of the best videographers just in the L.A. County. Okay. He's done a huge amount of work. His portfolio is crazy, so definitely look into him okay so yeah. you can hit him up and then yeah i can, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. try to make it happen for sure okay yep and we'll all reach out and we'll try to get a date set and that's awesome bro you yeah. got anything else you want to hop on and tell to maybe aspiring young photographers trying to get in the game uh yeah i'll end it with this um don't give up don't quit the only difference that separates the people who give up on their dreams is that they stop you just, you know, that's what separates the successful person. He never stopped. Even when you're going through adversity, you just got to crawl back. That's what all the real dudes do. If you fall off, you got to find a way to crawl back. That's all it is. Having that strength, that inner adversity to be like, I'm going to power through this. That's that's all I wanted to say. I love it, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, Natural Thoughts and Talks, thank you guys for hitting up another episode. Thank you for having Let me. Let us know, you know, thanks for all the support, and we'll catch you guys later. Peace. <laughs>